please turn to the book of 2 Corinthians. Now, if you turn to 1 Corinthians and look up this, you won't find it. So you go to 2 Corinthians, and we're going to start with chapter 6, verse number 3. I, I, I looked at these verses, and, and, and you know you go through life and you wonder, you know, how do you get through life without regrets? That's a good question. How do you get through life without regrets? Because you really don't. I mean, most everybody regrets something. If you don't regret something, you probably haven't lived on this earth with a, a, a rational brain and having made decisions that you, you regret. So, But there is a proper way to live, and there's a proper way to serve. And we learn it in this little passage. Now, this passage is in 2 Corinthians 6, starting in verse number 3, and it's the Apostle Paul... And he is speaking about himself and those who were working with him. Now, when you look at what he goes through, you, none of us would really want to go through all this, but let's see what he said about it in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 3. We give no offense in anything that our ministry or our service may not be blamed, but in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God. In much patience in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. And may the Lord bless his word as we have it read into our hearts today. Now, that is a very long list of things that Paul went through. Now, I don't know about you, but it sounded like to me that these were not things that he had to think very long about saying. I mean, I read it pretty rapidly. He put them all together. And remember, Paul did not have the best eyesight, so he would often dictate these letters to someone else to write for him. So I, these things came from the Lord but through his own experience as well. And as he spoke these things, I think every one of these things came to his mind. Now, who was Paul and why did he go through all these things? Well, for one thing, when he had started out in life, he was very well educated as a Jewish uh, scholar. He spent his young days trying to be the best student he could be. He was a Pharisee, which is the most strict group that they, that they had among the Jews in terms of their discipline and their knowledge, etc. So he was an excellent student. And when the Christians came along, and they weren't called Christians at the time, but when people who believed in Jesus came along, he just thought these people were a cult. He did not know Jesus. He did not know the power of God. He didn't understand what the story of Jesus was all about. And he thought people spreading it were enemies. He even supported the death of Stephen, who did get killed, who believed in Jesus. And he supported the arrest of other people 
as that believed in the Lord. So when he became a Christian in the famously on the road to Damascus, his life changed. He became a believer when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, the risen Jesus. Now, Saul changed his name to his Roman name, Paul. And by doing this, he identified with the people he was ministering to the most, which were the Gentiles, not the Jews. Now, you would think, now he has perfect credentials to help the Jews, to be a, 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 a missionary to the Jews. But God chose Paul to be not a missionary to the Jews, but a missionary to the Gentiles, because that was his part to play. And in fact, Paul was the most hated of the disciples uh, by the Jews. So he would always try to reach the Jews. He would go into a Greek city and almost every Greek city had a little synagogue and had Jewish people living there. The Jews were widespread throughout the Roman world. So they literally had connections networked throughout the whole world. And they were very strong in their business contacts and with their personal relationships with other people. And because they had these international connections, they literally set up shop all over where there was a city. So naturally, they knew the Bible. They knew the Old Testament. They had the same, you know, the Ten Commandments for the Jews were the Ten Commandments for everybody else too. So they had the Bible already. So Paul would go into a little town, a Greek city. He would go to the synagogue where the Jews were. He'd preach and several people would believe what Paul said. But then somebody would come along and say, you know, that Paul, don't believe him. And so you would have a division. Some people believed Paul, some did not, and they would kick him out of the synagogue. And the people who got, uh, that agreed with Paul, they got kicked out of the synagogue too, and they started a church. So the churches began as offshoots, and basically Christians were rejected by the synagogues. I've often thought I would like to visit a synagogue someday because if they'd let me, because I still believe in the God that they preach every day, but unfortunately they don't all understand that veil is covering their eyes on in many respects. But I would love to, to go and talk to Jewish people in that gathering. But Paul, he had a hard time. But when he got saved, and this was the, the, the thing that pretty much explains what you just read or heard, is that the Lord said, I will show him, that is Paul, how much he will suffer for my name's sake. So Paul had earned for himself a lot of these troubles. God deliberately allowed him to go through this gigantic list of things that are bad. Now let's look at some of these things. Now most of these things you say are bad. They're not. There's good things in this list. And then there's things that are not good. And, and let's look, at, look through them because if we're gonna serve the Lord, uh, we need to know what makes us a good servant. But what makes you a good servant is not so much your circumstances, but rather is that your circumstances, no matter what they are, give you opportunity to serve. So we don't serve because of our circumstances, but our circumstances, no matter what they are, provide the opportunity for us to serve the Lord. And I can tell you, our circumstances are not always good, are they? 
Our circumstances may be like this list, and we may feel more in common with Paul than we have against what he went through. But I love what the Bible teaches, that we don't have to worry about our circumstances because no matter what the devil throws at us, we still get to be good servants of the Lord, no matter what. Whether we win, whether we lose, whether we have, whether we don't have, it doesn't matter. And when you think about how freeing this is for us as Christians, wow. So let's, let's look through again what Paul says. Now, he says he doesn't want the service to be blamed. So here's what he does in verse four. In all things, he commends himself as a servant of God. You know, we're all, as Christians, ministers of God. It's not just ordained people. It's all of us as Christians. And we should try to serve the Lord in every circumstance, no matter what it may be. And then he lists these things, in much patience or endurance. That's, that's a, a, a not by accident that he gave that first. Because what are we most tempted to do? Give up. <laughs> I mean, people just say, oh, I'm just, I can't do it. I'm going to give up. And this is a, a common thing. What's sad is, is that many young people give up before they even try to go through life. And I think that's a sign of our society. I think we have made society so comfortable. We have provided so many things that have met our instantaneous gratification that people, when they have to make real hard decisions, when they have to do complex tasks, when they, are, they have to deal with other people, they don't know how to deal with people. And if all they're doing is getting on a phone and texting people, if that's their only relationship with human beings, they're not gonna have the patience to deal with real people in real situations. That's why this year, with all of the shutdowns and, and, and all the people not interacting the way they normally do, this is gonna cause many people to have an even more skewed view of human relationships. But the Bible says that we have to have patience, endurance, don't give up when we're dealing with people. So Paul says, I don't give up. <laughs> Whatever I do, I serve the Lord. I'm not gonna quit. I'm not gonna quit serving the Lord. So that's number one thing he does. Then he also says next, in tribulation, meaning troubles. And you, you just have troubles. You can make a big list of troubles. I don't have to go in and speculate. Uh, I don't have to identify what your troubles are. Trust me, when you have troubles, do you have to go call your mom or your dad or your children and say, is this a trouble? <laughs> don't you know when you got a trouble? I know when I got a trouble. I don't, it doesn't have to be defined for me. So Paul says tribulations, these are troubles and we all have them. He says, guess what? You have troubles, good. You still gotta serve the Lord. Next thing he says, in needs. Well, you ever found yourself in a need for something? You, a need is when you don't have something. So he didn't say need, he said needs, because there were many times when he didn't have things that he needed. So he says, I still have to serve the Lord. <laughs> I still have to serve the Lord, no matter what. And sometimes those needs may be trivial. Uh, making uh, some... Uh, scones yesterday. You ever made scones? Blueberry scones. Anyway, I found a recipe for doing it. Very interesting how you make scones. It's going to make y'all hungry before you go to uh, eat today, but 
you have to take, you got your flour, okay, well, that's fine. And then you, you have your dry ingredients, but you have to get cold butter, like almost frozen butter, real cold, because that cold butter needs to stay intact until it gets into the oven. And you chop it up into small little parts. So you've got to mix that cold with the dry flour and uh, salt and uh, all those type of ingredients, some sugar. You put all that in there. And then you got your wet ingredients. Well, I, you know, I was ready to go, had an egg ready to go, and boom, it was a rotten egg. And boy, I'm, we're not talking about a rotten egg just because it's a little bit smelly. No, this was absolutely, a, so rotten was this egg, it exploded all over my kitchen. I said, oh no. That is not a pleasant experience. It's, it's just not pleasant. I mean, I was really paranoid because there, there's a lot of germs there. So I cleaned up and did the best I could. But when you combine the right, fortunately, it didn't spoil my, my, my baking because it was a totally different phase. So it didn't bother me. But it did create a mess that I had to clean up. And when you look at uh, putting those ingredients together, you have to use uh, a lot of different things. And then when you put, eventually you put your blueberries or whatever you're gonna do, keep those frozen. Cause those opposite temperatures will help when they go in. And then when you make your dough, you mix all of it together, put a little the uh, heavy cream and all those things, you mix it up, it makes it a real kind of messy dough. Then you pat it out and you fold it several times chop it up into triangles, and then bake it. So it's not that complicated, but it works. But it, re but it requires extremes of different ingredients and textures to make it work right. And I think life is that way. I think God uses extreme situations. Sometimes you gotta have some very ice cold ingredients and sometimes you got to have very warm and hot ingredients. And sometimes you got to have just ordinary. In other words, it takes everything that affects us to make the right mix because otherwise it doesn't come out the way you want it to come out. So in this situation, certainly Paul had needs, but I did not have an egg, as I said earlier, because all my eggs I had to throw out, so I used mayonnaise. <laughs> I just used mayonnaise and it worked. Mayonnaise works as a substitute in baking. Uh, it didn't taste too bad, actually, but nevertheless. Uh, don't, I, I, unfortunately, some of you may be thinking, oh, he's going to make some, some of these scones tonight. No, I'm afraid I won't get those. I don't have enough to get those out. Sorry. He says the next thing, distresses. Distresses. Well, distress is when you have an expectation that's not met and immediate re relief is not present. So if you're on the side of the road, you know, you're on your way to some place, you have a breakdown. That's a distress. There's all kinds of distresses. Didn't have any heat <laughs> uh, this morning. That's sort of a distress, minor, but you know, it could be worse. But distresses. But he says, just because you have a distress doesn't mean that you need to not be a servant. You still gotta serve the Lord, even in distresses. And farmers, y'all have a few distresses, don't you? <laughs> That's got, like every day. So distresses, he doesn't say distress. He says distresses. There's lots of those. But now Paul goes into some things that I don't think a lot of us experience. He said that we show ourselves servants in stripes. Look what he says in verse five. 
in imprisonments, in tumults, meaning controversies, and those three things, he was physically beaten by people for serving the Lord, physically beaten. He had the scars on his body. Now, I want to, to tell you right now that Paul survived these beatings, but he had these terrible scars. He didn't regret those scars. They were a badge of honor for him. He actually took that as a badge of honor because he said, I bear on my body the marks of Jesus Christ. So I think that if in our generation, we think that we do God a service if we, or maybe we don't, who knows, but people are putting tattoos on. I've lost that issue. <laughs> I, 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 now all my parents of almost all my kids have tattoos. So I, I'm not a winner on that issue. Everybody's got tattoos just about. But Paul said, look, I've got marks on my body and they are given to me because of my service for Jesus Christ. That's the kind of mark that is a good mark to get if you get one. But still, he served the Lord even with being beaten by his enemies. He was put in jail. Now, that's a very inconvenient thing to do, but he got put in jail more than once in controversies, tumults, meaning people got all riled up because of what he preached. You know, a lot of people compromise when there's a controversy, don't they? They quickly run away and say, oh, I didn't mean that. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean that. And they, they're not very loyal to their to the cause that God called them to. And whenever they get criticized, they just kind of melt away. That's not the way Paul was. He didn't melt away. I had controversies, I still serve the Lord, no matter what. He had a dedication. I heard a story of a, of a man who was, went to a preacher to get him to marry the, uh, him and his fiance. But this man was a very kind of a liberal guy, and he said, you know, I don't want you to use the language of sacrifice and, and, and some of these uh, old-fashioned terms. I just want you to make it a very simple uh, message to where you just say, uh, I agree to marry you, I agree to marry you, and leave it at that, because I think the rest of that goes unsaid. And he gave him $100 extra to do this. So they got up there for the church the next day or week, whatever it was, and uh, the preacher got up there for the I do's. He, he says to, to this man, do you promise to give sacrificially and wholeheartedly the devotion to your wedded wife in such a way that you'll put her first and that you will forsake all others just for her sake? And the man was shocked that all these extra words were put in there. And he, he said, I do. And then he looked up, leaned over to the preacher and whispered, I thought we had a deal. And the preacher gave him his $100 back and said, your wife made a better deal. <laughs> Let me tell you what, God has made a better deal, folks, with us. He has promised us that if we'll just serve him, it's going to be fine, no matter what the circumstances. Now, let's keep looking at this list of things, though. He says, in labors, it's hard work doing what he had to do. And he had to go through labors. It, it was not just one thing and it was done. In sleeplessness, 
oh, I tell you, when you go sleep deprived, that is a weariness to the flesh. There's no question about it because I really appreciate getting good sleep if I can get it. So it is hard when you can't sleep because of your work. In fastings, now these are not fastings that he volunteered, volunteered for. These are fastings meaning he had to go without food because there was no food, <laughs> okay? He literally had to go without meals to do his job. And if you ever had to do that before, uh, you know, it's not too pleasant, isn't it? It's kind of like me when I took my cross-country team down to Jackson, Mississippi this past week. <laughs> we, afterwards, I tried to go into, go to a little restaurant and said, uh, well, can you serve us? And the, no, we can't serve. We're shut down from the thing. But, uh, well, can you order through the drive-thru? Of course, I couldn't take the bus in there. And they said, uh, yes. I said, will, will you take cash? They said, no. <laughs> they wouldn't take cash. So I, I, I went to another place, and it was being remodeled. Went to another place. No, we can't, we can't serve you. So sometimes it is hard to feed hungry kids when you really want to uh, because of circumstances. Now, my situation wasn't too bad because eventually we did find a restaurant that was open. They were not fast. Fast food would not be what I would call them. <laughs> they were supposed to be fast food. It was not. However, we got fed. We made it back home safely. God will help us no matter what. He's good at doing this. But Paul, he had to go through without food oftentimes to serve the Lord. He says, by, now, the next list of things, these are not necessarily negative things. These are actually positive things. He says, by purity. You know, by being pure and keeping your mind pure and thoughtful about the Lord, just like having clean air and clean water, we need to have clean thoughts going through our minds. And if you're not careful, you can have impure thoughts no matter what they are. And God says he wants us to keep control of our thoughts. So he made a point to make sure he thought the right thoughts. And he wouldn't tolerate it when he had a bad thought, he'd get rid of it. Very good. He had a healthy spiritual immune system that would kick out bad thoughts. And that's it. That's why you got to be pure. To be pure means we're solely devoted to the Lord. We're not devoted to our own selfish and sinful desires. He says, by knowledge, he actually researched, looked into the Word of God, spent time learning the truth. He did not just haphazardly say, well, I guess it means this, you know. He didn't go around and say, well, I guess if you really want to do something, you could just figure it out on your own. No, he says, I know the truth. I found out. He had knowledge. And it guess what? Knowledge is not a magical thing. You don't just, you have to learn by exposing yourself and studying you do not ever learn through some automatic thing. It, it doesn't happen that way. You can't put the, the textbook on as a pillow, sleep on it overnight, and expect it to absorb into your system. Believe me, if it could be done, I would have done it many years ago. But you have to spend time learning, and knowledge is that way. And you have to literally read through and learn the truth, especially when you're dealing with people. You need to know about people. You better not hear the first story that something, somebody tells you and then believe it without hearing the second story. You gotta hear both sides. How many of you have gotten in trouble because you listened to one side, didn't listen to the other? <laughs> I know for a fact that's easy. 
because you make a false judgment. So you need to learn by knowledge. You need to have knowledge. He says, by long suffering. And again, that's close to what patience is, but it literally means going through over time allows you to be stronger. And you just got to keep on going through things. He says, by kindness. Did you know kindness is an excellent way to serve people? And he served people by being kind. He wasn't vindictive. He wasn't mean. He was kind. And then he says, by the Holy Spirit. Well, there you go. There, that's the supreme power there that's on earth to help us. God's Holy Spirit empowers us to be proper ministers. We will not be proper servants without his Holy Spirit, which God gives his spirit to all believers and through his spirit helps us to live by giving us spiritual gifts. He says, by sincere love. He didn't have fake love. He really loved. He really loved God. He really loved the people. He wasn't fake. You've, you've met fake people who are only interested in impressing other people. They're not interested in you. They're, not, they're interested in what you can get, give them, not interested in you for who you are. Paul was genuine. He loved everybody, didn't matter who they were. By the word of truth. Well, here you, here's the way you serve the Lord. By the Bible, you have the word of God. The grass withers, the flower fades away, but the word of the Lord Endures forever, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah. So the word of truth, by the power of God, there is another way you serve. It's not all up to us. I'm glad of this because if I thought, humanly speaking, we could solve these problems, I, if it was only up to our power, I would really be depressed today. I'm glad that it's the power of God that helps us to do our work because if we didn't have the power of God, uh, you know, it's not all up to you and me. Thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord that he gives us power. If you feel like the job is too much for you, you are correct. <laughs> it is too much for all of us. But God, it's nothing to God. He can do anything he wants to do. And he, and he used all these negative things happening to Paul to make him better and to do his work. God did it by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. And, and I thought about this. The Bible says in Ephesians about putting on the armor of God, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the feet with the gospel shoes and the sword of the spirit. All this armor is very important. I guess when he says on the right and the left, meaning that he is not just armored in one direction, but he is protected from all directions. And it doesn't matter where people come from, from the right or from the left. It doesn't matter. God gave him armor to wear to protect him in those situations spiritually. And he says, by honor, that, that is, if somebody honored him, if they bragged on him, that was, he would serve the Lord and he would recognize that and he would say, thank you. But what if they dishonored him? He says, well, I still serve the Lord. <laughs> I serve the Lord whether they honor me or they dishonor me. If they lied about him, he was still serving the Lord. You see, God used honor and dishonor to accomplish the task. And that's hard for us because we think everybody needs to praise us in order for us to be doing a good job. Not necessarily. Maybe doing a good job and people criticize you. Oh, well. 
He says, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report. Some people said lies about him. They literally lied about him, but God was still using him. God used those lies to help him be a better servant of the Lord. So even the lies helped the ministry, but he says, and good report. So there were good reports that helped him. He says, it didn't matter. None of these circumstances made a hill of beans of difference in his service to the Lord. And when we are freed from our circumstances and being worried about our circumstances, think about how free you really are. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. He continues, as deceivers and yet true. You see, they misrepresented him. They thought he was a, some of them said he was a deceiver and he wasn't. He was a true witness to Jesus Christ. But he still served the Lord as unknown. You know, they said, who is this Paul guy? Well, they didn't know it. He says, I was unknown, but I still serve the Lord. And yet well known. Why? Because Jesus knew him. And believe me, if Jesus knows you, you're well known (laughs) as dying and behold, we live. <laughs> he kept surviving through everything. He was in many death-defying situations, and he still lived through them all until he came time for him to go to heaven. And behold, we live as chastened, meaning disciplined, and yet not killed. See, God's, God's even chastening him. He says, well, we're chastened, but we're not killed. As sorrowful. And he did, he was sorrowful over the world. He was sorrowful over people. And we ought to have empathy for people. And he didn't like the fact that people were lying about him and saying bad things, yet always rejoicing. He's always rejoicing because he knew the Lord didn't put him in any situation that he didn't want to get him out of as poor, yet making many rich. He certainly did. He he, he didn't live and flaunt his money he, he didn't make money when he needed to, and he was a very capable moneymaker, but he would often contribute and give the things into people. But he says, as poor, yet making many rich. And if you know Jesus, you're rich. He says, as having nothing, and yet possessing all things. <laughs> That's a very good thing. How many of you have more than 100 things at your house? Raise your hand. If you don't, you didn't get the question or you were sleeping or something. Because, I mean, you got 100, unless you live in a totally cell somewhere and that's all you got. So you would say that you have at least 100 possessions to your name, probably more. Now, did you bring them with you? No. Why? Because I didn't need to. They're still your things though, right? Absolutely. That's how Paul was living. He says, look, I live as though I'm on a journey but I have everything. I just don't have it with me on me at this time. That's the way we are. Nobody in this room is, if you're a Christian, you're not poor. You own everything because you're a joint inheritor of the earth through Jesus Christ. So we're not without, we have everything. And none of us take everything with us anyway. So he says, as having nothing, but possessing everything. (laughs) And they really meant that. It's still, you and I are wealthy people. And, and so what does God want from us? He wants us to know that our circumstances, they can be bad, they can be good, they can be all kinds of things, but your service to the Lord is not dependent upon them because whatever the devil throws at you, 
you can win and be a servant to the Lord. And thank the Lord. It's kind of like what he says, thank God in all things. Just make it to where the devil, if he tries to throw harm at you, that God gets praised more and that more good comes out of it from you. And, and I guarantee you the devil will try to leave you alone after a while. He'll get tired of bothering you because nothing he throws at you works. And it frustrates the devil. It really does. God wants us to frustrate the devil. Don't be frustrated by him. Be frust Rather, frustrate him by serving God more. Now, we all get frustrated, and that's okay. But if you live according to these words, and you make it a habit of saying, my circumstances, regardless, they are the circumstances that I have been given. And I have to make it work no matter what. And that's what God wants from each person and who believes in him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you gave Saul of Tarsus a visit on the road to Damascus. And I thank you that you were able to change his life. And now I pray for you to especially help every person who's here today that we would not be victims of our circumstances, but rather that whatever our circumstances are would still serve you. Please help answer that prayer. In Jesus' name we pray and amen.